using artificial intelligence to address the cybersecurity talent shortage. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Sylvain Gill, co-founder and executive vice president at Exabeam. Welcome, Sylvain. Hi, Tanya. So what does Exabeam do, and what prompted you to start the company? So we're, we're in the security management space, and we're uh, kind of replacing a, a existing vendors in a technology market called SIEM. And really what we saw when we started the company in 2013 is, you know, we felt that machines had gotten to a point where they generated a lot of logs. Uh, security practitioners used these logs to detect intrusions or conduct investigations. And, and really at that time, it was already looking like a big data problem. And all the technologies that were helping security practitioners weren't really big data technologies. They were all pre-Adoop or even pre-iPhone type of technologies. Uh, to give you a sense of kind of when these, these tools or solutions were created. And so we really kind of at that time realized, well, big data is a thing. There are technologies like machine learning, AI, you know, that we, that we can probably apply the problem to help security practitioner basically scale their practice to you know, the amount of information that flows their way and help them you know, kind of find a needle in the haystack, uh, which is you know, a lot of what they have to do on the day to day. Why is there such a shortage in skilled cybersecurity talent right now? I think it's a combination of things. Um, you know, some of it has to, has to do with the perception that maybe this, this industry has given uh, to other, you know, to maybe to college grads, to the, you know, the, the other communities in general. Where if you think of cybersecurity and you know, people at work who work in cybersecurity, your image is probably what you see in movies. You know, it's dark screens, dark environments, and I don't know, people with hoodies, and, uh, and it's not quite what the day-to-day -day is like. Uh, you know, and, uh, but I think that has created this mystique where a lot of folks may be hesitating to go and join you know, the, the, the cybersecurity information security forces. Uh, so it's not looked at, uh, looked at as, a, I think, an obvious career path uh, for a lot of folks. Uh, you know, I tend to think that anyone that goes in IT or digital marketing or anything like this could probably do well in cybersecurity, but it just doesn't seem like an obvious you know, option because of that, that, that image, I think, that we've been portraying. How can artificial intelligence help address the cyber talent shortage? So I think the you know where where we're seeing uh, great improvements with you know machine learning, artificial intelligence, maybe as a whole, is uh, is in lowering the bar of entry into uh, into our industry. Uh, uh, it, you had to you know learn certain things. Maybe you know I was talking of machine logs and trying uh, trying to understand the logs and what they mean for this version of an operating system versus that other version or different type of uh, device that is sending you information. Uh, that is, you know, pretty high bar to reach. You need to kind of understand, it's almost like learning a dictionary, learning a new language for a lot of folks. But with machine learning, we're kind of keeping that simple. We're basically having computers do that work and they understand the data and they flag anomalies and then humans can come in and do what they do best, which is to think, you know, to kind of to look at the results and, and, and make a decision. Uh, so this is where we're seeing, you know, this effect of not just scaling to the amount of data, but also lowering the bar of skills that are needed to really become a practitioner in our space. Are there specific types of threats or use cases where AI-based cybersecurity offers maybe a unique advantage over human skills? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go a bit into detail. So I think it, it, first it starts with the, the amount of data that you have to sift through. Um, and there is one simple you know, problem that security practitioners have to deal with, which is when you're monitoring an organization that may have 20 employees and 30,000 machines, you know, workstations, servers, getting a grasp of you know, when you see an activity on your corporate network, understanding whether that's a normal activity or not, uh, well, it's very hard to, to determine. Uh, you may have been on the job for six months. You may only know about, I don't know, 2% of what your corporation is really doing. Um, and, and, and so, you know, that's one aspect of understanding what's normal, what's good, and to determine what's bad. I think it's very hard for a human to do at that scale. Um, and, and there is, you know, a, another aspect around when you conduct an investigation, and let's say you determine that a machine was infected, so let's say someone clicked on the, sorry, the attachment of a bad email, uh, and they are now infected with malware. So as a practitioner, you may understand that a laptop needs to be cleaned up, that you know, there's probably a piece of malware on it. But trying to figure out where the threat went beyond that point. You know, beyond this laptop, probably the attacker had a, you know, a, a broader goal. They probably wanted to go deeper into your organization. They probably you know, try to go into your servers or other workstations and find some crown jewels. And this work of, you know, that humans have to do to now kind of follow the attackers inside the environment, I mean, that's often that some, you know, something that people do just by hiring external consultants when they know they've been breached. Uh, but doing this proactively for every malware alert that appears on any laptop or workstation in your environment, it's very time-consuming. It's very difficult, and again, it comes down to how do you how do you do that faster? You know, how do you have the computers help you do that? Um, so we all know about the antivirus solutions that will tell you something is infected, and it's great if they can detect and prevent it. Um, but when they can't, and you know, we know that happens a lot. How do you figure out where that threat went inside your network? Uh, so I think we help quite a bit with that. In the eternal cat and mouse game that is cybersecurity. How do you see AI threats and AI threat prevention evolving? Um, I'm not sure there's much AI on the threat side. You know, it's very much motivated humans, uh, and there are a lot of them uh, in a lot of different countries. And you know, what we, what internet has created is this easy access for anyone anywhere to you know target someone else. Um, but I think what we see on the defender side. Uh, is essentially you know, a little bit of the same thing, but across different technology areas. And I was talking about antivirus solutions, and I think we're seeing you know, there's been a new generation of vendors there coming in, and instead of looking at a database of known virus files and trying to see if you've actually downloaded one of those, they're relying much more on the behaviors of the programs that you run on your machine, and they're trying to determine where these, what are these behaviors, you know, the, the files they open, the commands they execute, what they're trying to do with your uh, uh, computer, whether that's normal or not, whether it looks malicious or not. So they're much more behavior focused uh, than maybe signature focused, that we like to say. Uh, and that does involve some level of machine learning. And I think we have very much the same approach on something that's not just happening on a computer at a time, but on the entire network and corporate environment or even in cloud infrastructures, um, you know, by looking at logs and kind of looking at any signal that any of the machines in your environment will give us. And, and so that, 
again here, it's behavior-based analytics. It's something where we wouldn't be able to do this with humans, but we're really helping the humans that are there to just focus on you know, one subset of the data. Uh, so probably we see, you know, I think that, that same type of technology has been, I would say, slower to appear on the network side, which I would be the, is the third pillar. You know, we like to think of the, the security world as being uh, uh, endpoints or computers. You have the logs, which kind of come from anywhere uh, and including applications and whatnot. And then you have uh, the network, you know, what are the packets that are coming in and out of your environment? And do you look at policies that prevent people from going to a certain website? Or do you look more at behaviors and how people utilize this website or, you know, how their computers connect to, to the internet and what they tend to be doing there? With AI taking over so many human jobs, Will the personal investment needed for an individual to gain the proper cybersecurity education, skills, and experience actually pay off? I, yeah, I, definitely. I think we, you know, we're so far from getting to a point where AI has replaced the need we have for talent in the industry. I mean, I, I don't see that you know, being a problem in the next 10 to 15 years. That's how bad it is. I always give this example where you can go in any region in the U.S. and you'll talk to five chief security officers and you kind of ask them a little bit, you know, what the, the, the hiring situation is. And they'll tell you, I'm trying to hire, you know, five to 20 people. And there aren't, you know, there aren't, there's not a total of 30 to 100 practitioners available in those, you know, in their region. And so what we see is a lot of, you know, musical chairs and, and people kind of going from, from one corporation to another in the same geo. Uh, and, and, and there's, you know, a, a huge gap of talent. And, and what we're trying to do with the machines is actually to help the folks that are already in seat, you know, get, get more of the job done. Uh, I don't think a single job has been eliminated out of the, you know, the technologies we've been providing kind of as a whole as an industry yet. Sylvain Gill, co-founder and executive vice president at Exabeam. If somebody wants to connect with you, maybe they want to find out more about the work you're doing or maybe connect with you personally. How can they do that? Uh, Twitter is probably the best way. Uh, starts with an X and then it's my first name as well. S-Y-L-V-A-I-N. Sounds good. And if you guys want to find more of my interviews, you can do that right here or go to my website, tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.